Welcome to Crow Jam, the podcast where two sisters try to develop and pitch a board game concept in under an hour. I'm Miriam. I'm Georgia. We're Big Crow Games, and you can find us at Big Crow Games on Twitter, or see some of our creations on our itch page at big-crow.itch.io. And listeners who heard our last episode can now read our slightly more ironed out summary of Deck Breakers on our blog, which I'll plug at the end. Uh, Hello, Georgia. Hey, Mary. Welcome to September. It's back to school season. Oh, no. (laughs) I hate learning. (laughs) That's not true. I'm going to get so bullied in the playground, Georgia. That's probably yes, true. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. Well... Um, that probably does no. I I guess you're you're kind of out of the academia game now, right? So back to so September time is. Um, I mean, I still very much work at a university, so September is extremely distinct from August. Sure, it's yeah. it's fresh as fresh as season coming up. I'm looking forward to it because campus is weird over summer when there's no kids around, and by yeah. kids, of course, I mean twenty year olds. <laughs> In <laughs> yeah, I guess that's probably true. Yeah, it's sort of a, an odd situation for us where we're very busy in August because of break, but then the busyness doesn't necessarily let up in September because it's like freshers, and so like students discover the cafe. But it's just a a different. I'm gonna say it somewhat nicer form of being busy. <laughs> Not quite so many kids at the cafe. Yeah, yeah. When actual children are back to school, I imagine it's pretty different at a board game cafe. Yeah. Um. So, uh, for our game jam this time, we're sort of um, you know, we're 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 going back to something, back to uh, a bit more of how we originally kind of uh started this process. Um, and we're returning to sort of having multiple ideas on the table when we start our our brainstorm um so as we used to do we've each brought brought a mechanical idea and a theme idea so do you want to um tell me what you came up with this time uh yeah sure so for a mechanic idea i just sort of brought the idea of what i guess you would call kind of like screw you or gotcha type play where you sort of foil your opponent's plans or sort of block them from doing what they want or Mm. steal from them things like that kind of kind of gotcha play yeah this is one of the more common things that i get asked for um as like a request at the cafe and um then when i do my pitches i'm always trying to explain that in a way that's like fun for the customer without using the term screw you (laughs) (laughs) like I'm trying to be professional but also fun like that's what they want to hear but I I probably shouldn't say it so yeah what was your mechanic idea so um, this is something that I think we achieve fairly often and there are plenty of games that do this but um, perhaps we can do it in an interesting way I thought it would be good to do a game where the sort of victory condition is not counting up points and seeing who has the most. Yeah. Um, I I mean, I definitely don't think that's something 
we do a lot of anyway. But yeah, something with like an unusual victory condition. I'm... Yeah, I mean, there are plenty of games that don't use that, but it might be fun to do something that's like specifically a bit um, different. I'm very keen because I am on record as saying that if I see like a points tracker on a game, I'm basically automatically out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does kind of turn me off as well. Especially if they're all the way around the edge of the board. Or, yeah, if there's, like, multiple different points tracks and then you... Oh, God. Ugh, ugh, okay, yeah, we're already <laughs> getting sidetracked. Um, what about yeah. your theme idea? So I just went with a simple kind of verbal prompt, almost like a bit like what we've been doing in the one prompt episodes. Uh, bring and buy. Okay. Did you have a particular sort of thought around this? So bring and buy to me is kind of like a, a jumble sale. Yeah, that's, I basically was thinking kind of jumble sale or, you know, like secondhand clothes stall um, or something like that. I didn't have a lot um, of ideas attached to it particularly, but I, I almost just like visually the idea of a game that kind of has a lot of bric-a-brac, you know? Yeah. Like... But but we can interpret it in a lot, you know, in as broad and in a number of different ways. It doesn't need to be that. Yeah. I what think about it, you? It also probably is worth saying that when we bring these multiple prompts, we don't always use all of them. Um, no. I I was thinking about sharks. I think my theme this, this month is sharks. I, yes. I, I love them. They're some of my favourite animals. Um I especially like kind of quite like cutesy representations of sharks. And I don't know, I guess there's there's lots of stuff that I think is interesting about them. Yeah, they're very interesting animals. They have all sorts of uh, crazy stuff going on. Yeah, they're um, like some of the oldest things, like uh, kind of both in terms of the long sort of um, like they're relatively unchanged by evolution, but then also Greenland sharks are some of the oldest living individual critters. And aren't they... Isn't there something wild about their skin? Like, it's immune to... There's loads infection. of stuff that's insane about Greenland sharks. They live their whole lives with parasites on their eyes and they can't see. They live for, like, 200 years and they're absolutely full of pee. <laughs> That's not strictly true. They have a higher concentration of blood urea, which makes them more buoyant. But uh, oh, there's like a whole, a whole thing about calling them little pee-pee sharks. <laughs> sure, okay, I guess, I guess I need to revisit my shark database. Another shark thing that I really love is since we started, since humans have started laying like underwater internet cables... Sharks fucking hate them and bite them all the time and cause internet outages. <laughs> which oh, I was hell yeah, sharks. Which I was kind of thinking in relation to you know that idea of like messing up your opponents. Like maybe it's sort of like a ticket to ride type game where one group of players is trying to build a transatlantic internet line <laughs> and the other group <laughs> is trying to bite it. I mean, that is a truly incredible board game concept, <laughs> and I'm here for it. Um, uh, Sharks versus capitalists, the board game. 
Um, okay, yes. Extremely good. We should probably um, try and dive into some 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 ideas. Should we start like, the timer? Uh, hmm, Do you I, want to I hold that for are a we, minute? Are we there yet? How would we in- incorporate bring and buy into this if we if we were going to do that? Uh, it's up for debate. We could maybe have a market where you buy different types of cable. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Or different sure. types of shark. Okay, I I'm happy well, for as it long not as to be sharks. Dis- well, as long as we're discussing your um. Uh, like a preconceived idea of what your two things might be. Um, I did have one for mine as well. As you know, I I can never prevent myself from doing that. Um, and I was, my idea was completely not at all compatible, but I was thinking about um, maybe a game where um, there's like a pre-decided one item in this collection of items that is like the golden ticket like this item is worth a ton of money and it's just at this bring and buy sale and so the play would be a combination of like exchanging things between players like bric-a-brac stalls but also using like either um like uh the process of elimination or deductive reasoning to figure out what the like big ticket item is and then try and have that in your collection at the end of the game <laughs> would it be the same every time or randomly generated or i feel like it will be randomly generated and it would be one of those things where like either you just like one card is removed from the deck and you look at that uh, and and you, that's like hidden from all players and then they can look at the other cards to like eliminate other options or something where like there's a list of descriptors and the the items are organized as such so that like every combination of five possible things will lead you to one item does that make sense i think so like, there's a little bit of like cluedo mm. going on there anyway we've had extremely different ideas <laughs> yeah we have haven't we i think like there's something in the sort of antiques roadshow jumble sale uh, in terms of screwing over fellow players. Mm. You know, preventing them from getting something that's really uh, high value or something that But that's they want honestly to get. quite boring compared to the <laughs> build an internet cable or bite it to bits <laughs> idea. <laughs> They're definitely not. Like, our two preconceived notions are not compatible, and I wonder if that means we should go with neither and try and do something that's more um, collaborative. Mm-hmm. So, yes. What, I, the- what are some ways that we could stick together sharks and, and bring them by? Okay, there's one specific thing I thought of, and it's nothing except for the fact that the like egg cases that wash up on the beach are called mermaid purses. So I was thinking about mermaid purses as well um, before we even uh, 
had the call just because I was thinking it would maybe be like a title for something. So I think there's something there. So what if it was like an underwater bring and buy sale? Yes. Sure. Um, like, hmm. I guess there's kind of some precedent for this in like stuff like The Little Mermaid where Ariel is like basically a big old klepto who's obsessed with kind of human treasures, but they're quite yeah. mundane. It's a bring and buy sale that's like set on a shipwreck um, and um, sharks are the stall holders and the sharks are trying to like um, basically like scam the customers who are like the mer people and, and sea folk. So trying to um, convince them that kind of mundane things are highly valuable? Yeah, that would be kind of fun it'd be hard like... to avoid an outcome where you're sort of scoring points even if the points are expressed as like fantasy money yeah you're right <laughs> um i like the aesthetic though underwater bring and buy sale is a big i don't know yeah it's just cool i'm i'm quite into that like as a as an Should idea we maybe hit the timer and try and dig into that a little bit. I'm sure we'll 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 come up with something. We'll yes. dredge something up. Lol. Uh yes, I've hit the timer. So we're thinking about like an underwater jumble sale type of game. So that could either be relatively abstract, you know, modeled with cards uh or it could be quite like physical we could have objects mm -hmm. yeah uh i suppose okay so i've i've thought of a i just imagined a scenario which i like i don't know exactly how this would be gamified it's not quite a it's not like mechanically deep but um you know the kind of bluffing game do you know um fun employed I've heard of it. Yeah, that's not really a bluffing game, but it's a game where people are interviewing for f fictional job positions and they're given a, a set of cards that list just attributes and they have to try and sort of shoehorn everything in their hand into why they would be a good candidate for a certain job. Um, right. So I was imagining a situation where, like, uh, you have brought something, perhaps like that's randomly selected. You're like, I've got this ship's wheel or this, I don't know, fork. Um, <laughs> and then, um, I I guess then maybe like, um, some like buyer, um, sort of requirements would be revealed, and then you'd have to try and bluff your way into why your thing was a good purchase i quite like there's something about that that's quite nice you know in terms of like uh it's playfulness and uh sort of the sense of creativity i'm just one of the things that's fun about that scene in the in or that song from the little mermaid i don't know if you've even seen it like I know the bit. I'm, I've definitely seen parts and enough parts of The Little Mermaid that I know the bit. 
is that Ariel is like obsessed with and kind of a local expert on human stuff and also she doesn't know what any of it is or does like that's very funny and I think that's what makes the idea of an underwater jumble sale funny to me is the idea that you the player would also not know what it is that you've got and it would be a funny it would be fun if there was some kind of way of modeling that so that you would say have all these descriptors and you could use them to talk about the thing you know you're maybe getting them from one of your fellow sellers and then you're like okay i'm in on that uh you know it's like some kind of rare old weapon and then it's you know a table knife or something yeah okay Hmm. you'll have to excuse me my allergies are suddenly a little bad so i hope they're not affecting the recording too much uh, yeah, I I heard some very quiet sneezes, but I'm sure I can um, cut them out. Um, so, so, so yeah, I, I guess I kind of like the idea of there being something sort of surprising or funny in there. Yeah. It, it sounds like a party game or like has a party game element with the, with the bluffing or the, or not the bluffing, but like the, the sort of um misleading or i don't know because i think it would be fun if 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 no one was necessarily directly lying to anyone and they just didn't really know what they had <laughs> i mean it could be something where um where no where you what you actually the item that you actually have is like hidden and you um and you're you're doing this kind of spiel about what it is that you have, so you can't necessarily directly lie, but you can just talk in character mm. as a person who doesn't really know what what it is that they they've got. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm not sure what the goal would be there. Yeah, I'm not. I think we uh, we stick a pin in it and move on. I think there's something fun there but I don't know exactly what it is. The things that are sort of coming to me when I imagine this game is it's kind of a lot of stuff like um, these kind of fun, characterful... Like, I'm kind of seeing a shark who's got kind of a cut-me-own-throat-dibbler kind of <laughs> energy. Um, you know, the... Like there's something about being a shark, right? Like it's not just yeah, yeah. about being uh, the coolest fish, but mm-hmm. um, you know, like we use shark in kind of metaphorical ways. Yeah, that's definitely the the sort of first thing that came to mind when I was thinking about combining the two theme. Oh yeah, so like the person who's kind of like just the best at a jumble sale, which is either the person who's really good at selling or the person who's like amazing at at spotting the thing that's got really good resale yeah. value or whatever, or someone who's we've, really good at haggling. We've never made a one v many game before, um, and it's it's a relatively rare sort of um, format for a game, but. Well, if we um, were going to make a 1v many, I'm sorry, but the one person should be trying to lay a transatlantic internet cable and the many <laughs> should be trying to bite it. <laughs> yeah, you're right. 
Um, but I, I sort of, um, I can sort of imagine very loosely a 1v many game where the one is this uh, shifty shark um, salesman figure. And I guess the many are like trying to find um, a certain thing that's 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 really gonna and like buy it for a, an amount you know like bargain hunt style sort of buy it in, for an amount that's gonna pay off hmm. yeah i mean so this this whole discussion is making me think of a lot of classic british tv like cash in the attic and bargain hunt and antiques roadshow which is all about they are usually about finding an old thing, either that you already have or buying it from an antique shop at a low price and then trying to flip it for a higher price. Which makes me wonder whether there's kind of like a set collection bidding game. Okay. So yeah, there's some kind of way that you could like first buy speculatively and then try to sell in such a way that you collect sets and increase their value. You mean there's some kind of go fish mechanic? A go fish mechanic, this is good. Um, But then you wouldn't win, I guess, by having the most money or the most points, but by collecting particular types of set or... Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I guess just just by completing a set, or um, uh, and we yeah. could make sets. <clears throat> we could make sets quite challenging to complete. Maybe, uh, yeah. You know, not we're not talking sets of three here, but maybe like sets of five or sets with like certain types of complexity. Uh, it could maybe even almost be like, you know, like a a poker hand type of thing where there are everyone makes the best set they can and then they're kind of played off against each other okay yeah i can sort of imagine like um a sort of like bartering scenario where a, you know there's there's a like a, a stage which is like go fish like you ask your opponent do you have um, any in your hidden hand, any or any uh, things like this, but then you don't want to give away what set it is you're trying to collect, I suppose, because the the yeah. So I suppose yeah, having it be more like poker hand e, where there's like different ways that a set can fit together, would make the most sense. Yeah, and what something that I was just immediately thinking is that if we take it away from, you know, very simple and abstract ideas like numbers and suits, like when you're playing Go Fish you say like, got any hearts, got any threes those kinds of things like, cards with objects on them could yeah. be as complicated as you want yeah, and you can make actually... the sets in ways that could be quite complicated. Like you could ask any blue items, any vases, any uh, items that come in pairs. Uh, yeah, I was imagining something just like this, like earlier when I was having a nap, and I was thinking like 
you could ha- you could choose a descriptor like old, and then you could have different things like, oh, this candelabra's got a cobweb on, this teacup is chipped, and this sweater is unraveling or whatever. Like, yeah, like I, I had this exact same thought that like a, an image can contain quite a lot of complexity. So. With candlesticks, for example, like you could have two cards which each have one candlestick on, so you could know that your candlestick has a pair. Uh, but you could also say, like, do you have anything made of metal? Mm. And and so on. Yeah. Uh, so that you're not letting on that that's what you've got. So you were saying that would be one phase, and then you did did you have an idea for a a second phase? I was thinking about there being kind of like a part where what you have is face up and people could maybe try and get you to trade for it. Yeah, so I was sort of imagining a scenario where you have some cards that are in your hand and some cards that are in front of you, and those are all yours. But basically, when you are when you ask somebody else um, for something, they can, they can uh, like, give you a return like offer like yes I'll give you I can give you something that matches what you're asking for if you give me like I guess those two cards that I can see Mm. and you could agree or refuse that deal that could be bartering yeah this is quite similar to something in some ways this is similar to something we talked about before which is crate crate diggers the uh, record collecting game that oh, I thought yeah. about a bit. There's certain elements there. Uh, it's got a bit less of a like shop management theme on it. But I think that's kind of interesting that it's an idea that's come back around. Yeah. Um, I think there is definitely something here. I'd like to hear you kind of like outline turn or possibly a couple of turns of play to make sure that I've understood it as you've described it. Yeah. So I'm not sure quite how we would sort of determine um, what constitutes a set and how much a set is worth, or like, or at least what the hierarchy is. Um, but uh, there would, I guess, perhaps be some sort of drafting phase where um, people like collect their private hands and then. Um, in the second phase, people would have their private hands and then their sort of display in front of them. Um, and this is the phase where where you're doing kind of deals and each person gets their turn to ask for something from a player and that player can make like a counter offer with a with a price of, yes, I want. So do you have um, anything that's green? Uh, yeah, I can give you... Two two green items. Will you give me the like uh, teacup that I can see there, and the like cushion that I can see there? Um, yeah. And then, like the player whose turn it is can ag- can agree the trade, or I want to say if they don't agree the trade, then they can ask somebody else, like maybe get a second chance rather than just sort of lose their turn. Yeah. Um, but that would be like, you would have 
around. I'm not sure whether it would be a case of a player calls when they've completed their set. That feels maybe a bit too easy. Yeah. So here are some initial thoughts that I've been having while you were talking. The first one is that we absolutely could have four or even more suits and then just have the items be more, um, you know, more diverse within the suits so that you have more questions to ask. And you could also have, for example, a suit that was cups um, and then, but within that you could also have different colours uh, and different numbers so there's like much greater complexity available than would be in a um you know in a in a traditional game uh like yeah. played with a normal deck of cards which then means that the sort of like the hands you're building you could have like five of a kind in a bunch of different ways you could have like all twos or all the same color or uh, you know, all the same suit. Like, you'd have a variety of different ways of doing it. Yeah. Uh, and so suits could be, like, clothing, crockery, tools, and something else. Yeah. And and as I said, it doesn't have to be for suits. There's no reason why it would have to be. It could be more if we thought that was more interesting. Or it could be fewer if we thought that that, that, that having more made it too complicated. So that was my first thought. My second thought was that your private hand would be the hand that you're building and that would be the hand that you won with. So it seems to me that any time something came into that hand, something would come out and that would be what would go into your public-facing pile, maybe? Okay, yeah. That makes sense. I think you would still have some in your public-facing pile to begin with. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, in Go Fish, everyone starts with a hand, right? Because otherwise, you'd mm -hmm. just be fishing. Yeah. Um, okay. So those were some, some things that immediately came to mind. Was there anything else? Um, Can yeah. we make it... Like, is there a way to make it a bit more sneaky or a bit more gotcha-y? Mm, that's a good question because it's um, a little bit too honest at the moment <laughs> i guess when you're making a deal someone could interrupt your deal and make a better offer and hmm okay and maybe sure. even lie like okay because you've got your hand of cards right and you've got your face up pile so someone who wanted something from your face up pile could say to you oh you know, I want that teacup. And as you can see, I have this cushion. Do you want to trade? And you could say yes or no. But you could also say, uh, well, I, I want that cushion and I actually have a second teacup in my hand that I don't want, which I'll give to you face down. <laughs> uh, so that, you know, there's a bit more... The, what game is it where you can lie about what you're giving people? There's a game with cards where if you give someone three cards, you have to tell the truth about the first two. And I can't think what it is. Um, I mean, there's cheat, which is the like simplest playing card version. 
or I guess um, better known as BS. Mm. Um, there's cockroach poker, uh, which is the Kakerlaken poker because it's German. Um, <laughs> so yeah, there are various games like that. So you could, I... you know, make make a deal that was on false pretenses. I think that's cool, but needs to be like reined in to some extent, right? Like you can't it it there should be some level of because if if you can indiscriminately lie, then who's ever gonna take your deals? Who's ever gonna take take your like face down deals versus a straightforward face up deal that they know is honest? Well I wonder if a face down deal is always added to a face up deal. Like okay. if a card is if it let's imagine that the simplest version of a deal is always a one for one exchange. I know you were talking about maybe like a one for two, but let's imagine for like simplicity's sake that it's a one for one exchange. Then the first deal is always always involves a face up card from both sides, mm-hmm. but you could then add face down cards to the deal and lie about their content or be honest about their content but there is at least one genuine part to the deal that both parties are are party to okay yeah i suppose then there's the kind of there's there's the risk to the liar that you know then thenceforth that player doesn't trust them and that player can even try and convince other people that they're an untrustworthy like trade partner yeah um and you can do that whether or not the person's tricked you or lied to you right like you can just um there's also maybe a little bit of prisoner's dilemma to it as well like um because you could also both be lying like if yes you could trade so the first so trade one is both face up. Trade two could be one face up, one face down, or both face down. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there is the potential for it to be like a double betrayal and both of you kind of, yeah, wondering whether it's better to make a less optimal move to try and screw someone over. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. So I suppose I feel like to this is this is a tricky one because I think it would be nice to have lots of different ways that you can make a set. I agree. Perhaps what we would then need to have is a like a crib sheet in the center that provides all players with a view on what items there are because you want to be able to know what it is you're looking for um, without only ever asking, like, hey, you got any teacups? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, you know that you're looking for, you know that you would like to have five cups and you know that you want one of them to be striped and one of them to be spotted and one of them to have, like, a chintz pattern. Mm. And they and you know that they vary in 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 different ways. Like, like I I I think I'm imagining 
like exact type of item item maybe not being like uh consistent across the set but yeah i definitely agree with that um you want to be able to ask for certain things without always giving away exactly what it is you're trying to do yeah and i feel like i haven't quite got that solved what i don't quite have solved is what makes this not go fish with extra steps hmm um yeah and i did think it was something about the items being more interesting but at the moment as we've described it i feel like optimal play is still to be very like straightforward with what you're asking for which yeah. either means that winning is decided a little bit more fluidly where maybe you make the argument as to why you've got five of a kind mm-hmm. or we sort of rethink it a little bit yeah so what if um there was some sort of um i'm yeah i'm trying to i'm trying to think of a way that that winning could be sort of clear but but that like bartering for different things could still be valuable i suppose there's something i quite like about my original idea of there being like one golden ticket item mm. um but what we've got so far i think the the like idea of sets is still important maybe yeah. hmm yeah i'm not sure i mean i do kind of like the idea of a big ticket item which could maybe be decided at the start or at some point um like maybe it's just a suit that's more valuable um or something yeah. like that um i was also thinking you know we talked a little bit about poker hands and obviously there's lots of things you can do beyond matching sets there you could have you could have it be high value for everything in your hand to be different or you could have it be yeah. high value for everything in your hand to uh you know to have one of something two of something and three of something or something like that yeah um, there's so... also the kind of um so this does tend to be kind of like a scoring thing and yeah you know, we don't necessarily need to make a game that's not about scoring points but um there's the kind of set collection where you if you are the person who has the most of that type of thing you score a certain number of points and then maybe there's like a silver medal for having the second most and that's worth slightly less points um so there could be something along those lines yeah i don't feel like i quite I don't feel like I quite have it at the moment. Like, it feels like kind of a fun mechanic. Like, we have some sort of something that that takes Go Fish and kind of, like, takes it a little bit further um, and adds a little bit of cheat into the mix. Like, I, I quite like all of it in terms of a card game, but I feel like I don't yet know 
like exactly what it is we're trying to do and how we make like basically how we kind of outline the win conditions how do we show that one person has done better at this than another person yeah I agree and I think it's probably not going to be that interesting unless we do something to uh to really uh sort of separate it in that kind of way yeah I wonder if I mean this is something that we maybe fall back on quite a lot as uh like in gameplay but we could have um rather than there being like a ranked hierarchy of poker hands there could be maybe like three face-up target types of hand that you're looking for and the first person to get to one of those is the winner okay so everyone is trying to do one of the same three things you don't it it's not you know you the idea of there being three would be that you can work towards the one that you're most in position to play for from the start yeah and then it is just a race to get there taking turns uh kind of like um trading yeah yeah that certainly seems like it would work to me um and I think that the like inclusion of a bit of cheat and and stuff makes it uh like see, makes it probably it would be interesting to play. Yeah, I'm wondering if there's like a secondary thing that could happen with the the sort of face up part as well. Like I don't know, just to make it a little bit more interesting at the end, like maybe uh when someone sort of reveals their hand and says i've done it i've got like this one maybe mm-hmm. there's kind of like a secondary thing for who's got the best shop or something okay it it could be interesting to try and um complete your hand objective while also having your like public display also kind of you know like having value or something yeah, in, in I w- a certain kind of way I was wondering if there was like a second like it would have to be a kind of simpler rule set I think for that rather than trying to do like a particular set maybe just trying to have I don't know like the the highest score there or whatever but then we're back in points territory which is not necessarily what we want I don't want to, yeah, I don't want to rule points out to the extent that we sort of screw our ability to even um, finalise an idea. Where are we at time-wise, by the way? Halfway. Uh, although we we talked for quite a long time at the start, so... Um, so I'll, I'll talk through a little bit of my reasoning for this, which is that if this is ultimately like a race to get one of those three target hands there's always going to be luck involved. Like, you can do some skill and manipulation and you can do some, you know, lying and cheating, but it's ultimately going to be somewhat decided by luck. So I wondered if it would be possible for someone to reveal their hand and be like, I've done it, I've won, and then for there to be this final little round where it's like, well, let's have a little look at everyone's shop and maybe there's a way to win 
like maybe it's to do with your big ticket item thing like yeah i've actually had a thought revealed what the high value suit is and the person if there's someone who's got past a certain amount of that in their shop they actually win or something that sounds cool so i was sort of having a thought as you were talking tell me how this sounds to you what if okay what if i there's bits about this that would need to be figured out but what if at the beginning of the game everybody discovers that th- that they have a specific item that they want to have at the end of the game and then we go through the the phase that we've talked about already with the like um bartering and collecting sets and uh, according to like three sort of possible types of sets that everybody's aiming for, and one player um, set can say as soon as they've completed one of those sets. Then there's an auction phase where each player sh- like shows the hand that they have, and players can bid on the hand the hands of each other so so basically in turn each player reveals their hand and other players bid with cards that they have okay slightly confusing but do you see where i'm going i think so so, <laughs> so would you be bidding to win the entire hand I guess you would be bidding to win the entire hand, and but with you... the aim of securing the one item that you're looking for. And would you be bidding with your entire hand, or would you be bidding with individual cards? That is a good question, because I, I think I think if, if you're oh. bidding with your entire hand, then it's, it's sort of zero-sum and doesn't make sense. I think you'd, you would sort of have to be bidding with something separate... So that... Yeah, I was wondering if it's the cards in your face up. Yeah. So, I mean, um, could there be still lying in this bit, or would that be dumb? Like, what if instead of revealing your cards, you just say, oh, I was really close to having, you know, this goal. I had this, 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 and this. And then someone says, oh, I'll give you everything in my shop for that. Or... Okay interesting i like that idea like because because you could say you could say that you were close to having a set of a certain type and then based on information they had about cards that you'd previously gained they could try and work out what might be in your hand and then try to figure um whether they whether you had the thing that they were after mm. So if wow. you are the person who reveals your hand first and says you've done it, if that hand also has your target card in it, is that just like a straight up win? Hmm. Yeah, I think we do need to figure out like what the benefit is of beer, of winning the first phase. And also we possibly need to interrogate whether having these two phases is actually interesting. Yeah, I was wondering like kind of the first the, the part that we've described, I wonder if you just sort of stick with the trading and bartering 
uh, as the whole thing. Like you're sort of you're dealt a hand of five and a shop of three, and there's also a draw pile in the middle. So you could choose to discard and draw instead of doing doing any bartering, but uh, you know you you would probably it's more efficient to barter because you know what you're going to get. Okay, so I've I'm, I might have slightly lost what your meaning is. Like, yeah, hold on, I might. So, so what I think? My, well, my rationale for for there being this closing phase that we're discussing right now is just like, would it be fun if someone like to prevent someone from running away with it because of luck? Is there a way for someone to be like, haha, I win, and then? there to be a quick check and someone be like actually you didn't <laughs> uh or, yeah or do we just uh, want people to be like i win i did it yay okay i guess that, that that is sort of feasible you could you could have your item that you're you're trying to retain to the end because if you have that item that then you have that that like veto ability you can say no you didn't win because i have this yeah but if you are trying to hold on to that item you are sort of um slightly limiting your own ability to play the the real meat of the game the the bartering and trying to complete a set because you have one card in your hand that's just kind of either dead or you really need to aim for specifically completing one of these sets that includes that card. Yeah, you've got like a protected card. Um, so, so there could be a sort of like balancing risk element where, okay, do you just forget about retaining your your prize card and just go go for sets? And I guess the 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 way of making that significant would just be to have enough cards in the game that it's relatively unlikely that you're going to come across your prize card. Yeah. How are you how do you find out what your prize card is and how do you prove that you had it? Is it just like a face down card that's dealt to you at the start? Um Yeah, it, it that would be the simplest version. Yeah, I guess that you, it would involve having like an entirely different deck, which is sort of a pain in the butt. But, um, well, or would it be like you? You could just have two. You could have two of each card in the deck, right? But once one's been dealt to you as your special card, that means there's only one other of those in the deck. Oh yeah, yeah, sure. So your chances of finding it are halved. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. so the idea would be that someone either <clears throat> someone reveals that they've achieved one of the sets and it's like I've done it I win uh, and either everyone's like yeah you did it you win or someone can be like ha actually I was able to find and retain my special item in which case the person who got the set first and anyone else in the game who has their special item wins jointly. Yeah. So that is that is like I guess slightly the 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 wrinkle is like multiple people could have retained their card. Yeah. 
I guess a joint win is not the end of the world. It's um, it's not exactly like one person wins or no one wins. It's either one yeah. person wins or more than one person wins. Yeah. So it wasn't wasted to chase the set. And also it wasn't like pure luck that you, you know, by by accidentally drawing your special item. Okay, can I present an idea? Yes. Um, th- this is based on another game that I've played. Perhaps if you have managed to retain your, your prize item and another player declares they've completed their set and, and won, um, perhaps the, the like size of a hand could be larger than the size of a set and when or like potentially larger and when somebody reveals they've won each person who says i've actually got my prize card forces them to discard one card okay and i guess like in that way can sort of mm. but then if you foil the win then the the kind of end game is a bit of a an anticlimax mm. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, I feel like I'm I'm more inclined towards the version where either one person wins or multiple people. Yeah. Win. Okay, yeah. Um so we're reaching a, we're heading towards the end of our our time. Do we want to do a quick recap and then think about a kind of visual identity? Yes. So um so did, yeah, I think we, we managed to include all of the things, more or less, right? Yeah, pretty much, more or less, give or take. <laughs> um, so we wanted something that had a bit of gotcha mechanics that uh, didn't involve a pure how many points you got victory that involved uh, both bring and buy and sharks. And um, we made a game which combines sort of go fish style uh, mechanics with cheat and like a kind of um, poker hand set idea. So uh, all players are aiming to complete a set uh, which fulfills one of three uh, requirements that's determined at the beginning of the game. Cards have items on that sort of have multiple attributes to facilitate multiple different kinds of sets. So like what kind of suit it is and what colour it is and, you know, maybe what its value is, and Maybe how many of them there are. Like yeah. you could have three teacups on the same card or something like that. Yes, yeah, nice. So, yeah, like a set. Uh, yeah, a, a set of sets. A set within the set. <laughs> um... And uh, and so at the beginning of the game, uh, each player has a like private card dealt to them, which is, uh, which is a like prize item of which there now only remains one in the entire deck. Um, the there is a phase where uh players are like asking and bartering for um item cards from one another. Um, and trying to complete uh, sets. And the game ends as soon as a player declares that they have completed one of those sets, at which point 
if you have retained your prize item, you are also a joint winner. Yes. Uh, I think we sort of slightly skimmed over this, but you both have a private hand and a sort of public-facing set of cards which are used for bartering. So yes, yeah. Barters are initially the first... Like, the first part of any trade is between two face-up cards, and any face-down cards that are added after that could be lied about. Yeah. Okay, do we have any thoughts about names for this? Um, it would be, I guess, something sharks. Yeah, um, I quite like sharks. I sort of like mermaid's purse. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, I want to do some kind of pun on bring and buy, which I guess would be like swim and buy. Um, <laughs> or like... I don't know, maybe uh, something about being selfish, but it's like shellfish. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know, shellfish What's sharks. A, uh, what are other names for bring and buy? Bring and buy, brick a brack, uh, jumble sale. Yard sa- yeah, yard sale, jumble sale, garage sale, garage sale. Um, uh... I guess it could be jumble sale, but like spelled S A I L, not that good. Um, It would something about jumble, but jungle, but it's not the jungle; it's underwater. Yeah. Um. Um. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. I think mer- either Mermaid's Purse or something Sharks is probably going to be the most... How do you feel about most... shellfish sharks? <laughs> it's... It doesn't make sense. <laughs> Not that names have to make but sense. You're being, but you're being shellfish. <laughs> <laughs> you're true. Okay. Um... um... No, it's hmm. it's fine. Um, uh, yard sale sharks. Um, what about like, what about some of the shows we talked about, like Antiques Roadshow, Antiques Road Shark. Uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, uh. I quite like Antiques Road Shark, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> What are the other ones called? Uh, Bargain Hunters, that's not that good. Cash in the Attic. Uh, (laughs) Cash in the Arctic. (laughs) 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 Splash in the Arctic. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean... These are all great puns that we can include in the literature. Yeah. Uh, uh, okay. What What are we settling on? I'm giving you the final say. Um, I like Antiques Road Sharks. Antiques Road Shark, it is. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. Yeah. 
there we go uh and then kind of like in terms of visual identity i just see it being you know super cartoony bit of hey that's my fish bit of uh yeah just you know loads of characterful shark characters on the box and the cards having like a good amount of detail and color but also everything being kind of because un- at the moment like the underwater theme is only really quite implied it's not really baked into the elements no but i've definitely been imagining like every illustration you know is illustrated it. as though like seen through water and like you know that there's like a little bit of um environment that you can see and yeah yeah, and maybe, you know, the the vase has got, like, a little fish popping his head out of it or whatever. Yeah. Uh, okay. I feel like we've kind of got it. Like, it's relatively simple. Uh, mm-hmm. But I feel like we got there. Yeah. Um, um, I suppose to, like, the different kinds of sets could be, like, you know, you know, sort of, like, classic um you know all things that are all the same color or things that are all different colors things that are all one type or things that are all different types etc yeah or like you know um a set of numbers like a consecutive set of numbers or all the same number things of that kind um and i think you know one of the things that's maybe fun about it and maybe aids replayability would be that we could have kind of any number of of those targets yeah um so that would that i think that would be quite cool hmm well do you think that we still need that kind of player aid that i talked about that has the that has like a visualization of every single card in the game that all players can see um Possibly, but possibly not. Yeah. I feel like if you had the target, you know, when, you, when you're when you deciding on the target hands, like, I presume you'd do that by drawing off a deck, and they could just have, you know, the extra information on there to make sure it was clear to everyone. Um, yeah. But, you know, okay. it's never a bad idea to include a bit of extra information for a players player aids are just excellent and i really love it when a game includes player aids <laughs> i'm uh i'm inclined to agree uh, all right well uh i think that we have starting with quite a disparate set of ideas we've managed to sort of build all of them into something that i think has uh has quite a lot of potential so well done yeah. us. Yeah, well done us. And uh, yeah, thank you, listener, for joining us. Thank you, Miriam, for everything. Uh, thank you, Georgia. I will point out, uh, as I said I was going to at the beginning, that uh, we, uh, every month, publish uh, blogs which kind of outline a bit more of the detail of each of these ideas. And our last episode, Deck Breakers, now has a blog which is available for you to read at bigcrowgames.co.uk forward slash blog. Yeah, I was really proud of that game. And I think that the Miriam's done a great job on the blog at like 
taking what was a relatively loosely defined thing and really kind of sharpening it up. So definitely recommend reading the blog. Uh, we we'll also right. should have a second video episode up by now as well. Um, yeah, we've made... What did we make? Oh, the weirdest. <laughs> we made the weirdest art party game in history. Uh, <laughs> definitely recommend checking that out uh, on the YouTube. So thank you very much for joining us this week. And yeah. we will see you next time around for another Crow Jam. Kaka. Kaka.